We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 186 weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Ned for a, fingers crossed, non-political Wednesday short. How you doing, Ned? I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, yeah, yeah. You've already prepped me with what wind-up stuff I've got coming for. That was a just a charge up Friday. for the rest of the week. Yeah, well, thank oh, you. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep an unpolitical brain, but I'm sure something will seep in. It's very hard not to have anything creep into politics to creep into anything because that is the tool they're using to subjugate everything especially i mean the topic that i did say i was going to choose about the positive side of what we've got out of nature and how it's helped us and everything like that even though the world's trying to misuse it but there you go anyway what do we have let's say right um I'm going to start, I'm not going to try and preach to people, but a little bit of grounding in the world we live in, as in, I mean, the atmospheric cycle of everything. This is what governs, and this is what all of these different ideals and everything is saying, warmingness or boilingness or whatever. But what we know fundamentally is sunlight provides energy for photosynthesis. It does, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically the heat produced by... Absorption of sunlight provides energy that drives what you call the water cycle. Yeah, it warms the Earth's surface and oceans. This is something that's needed. So we need this natural cycle. We need to not mess with it because if we start messing with it unduly, um, like some people are talking about, or oh, cloud creation or black blanketing it out and stuff like that. I, I don't think that's a very good idea. It, I'm not saying this is a political point. I'm just saying the biosphere is a very, very it's 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 robust, but it's also because it refine it, it's refined its shift and how it moves around. And this is why you get different weather patterns. Maybe what's happening on one side of the world affects what's happening on the other side of the world all these different shifts water has a massive effect within the atmosphere so uh, i mean this is vapor it all this creates clouds it also um affects the absorption of heat reflections of stuff i mean even down to the ground i mean the world's got a thing called an uh, albedo effect that's the reflective capacity of how light bounces off and no matter what depth you've got 
uh, whether it's um, green or whether, yes, the reflective capacity of snow and ice is best, yes? But this all has different effects, and the biosphere does manage it quite well, you know? And going over years, we've lived with it, we've grown with it, and we've actually learnt from it. People cry out at the moment about, oh, we're eating too much this and that, but actually... How many animals could you come up on your hand generally that are eaten, the meat is eaten in the West? Well, let's see. Uh, cows, chickens, uh, rabbits, duck. I'm assuming I'm throwing birds in there with it. Yeah. A fair amount okay. of poultry, yes. Okay. We're All used right. to that. Yeah. But, yeah, the, yeah, but the red meats. Go cheese. for the red meats. How many different types of red meat do we eat from what animals? Uh, well, let's see. We got cow. We've got pork's not no pork's a pork's a white meat. Pork's classified as white meat. Some people yeah. say it's red meat, but it's classified. Some, white meat, some yes. it, well, so wild pig. boar's kind of dark. Yeah. Yeah. You know why you're finding it hard? Go on. Basically, relatively, we eat few of the known species. There are so many out there, and we hardly eat any of them. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's the just... maj- so if you think about it, the majority of these animals, we're not eating them, but they're still pumping out. They're still farting, aren't they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. They de- they never talk about the wild animals. They never talk about the wild herds. They no. always talk so, about the ones that are in the farming industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, so basically, but the biggest problem we've got is like we we tamper with things. I'm not saying it particularly, but we do. It's science. We do tamper with things. So basically, there are few animals that we actually consume different types of animals that there right. are a variation in the world. Right. So right. you've got all these others out there. You've got millions of them, yeah? And yet, we only consume a few. But in the world, because of the biosphere and the balance that there is, these animals have learned to live in their specific climates, and they've learned to adapt to it. Only when we move them around and try and get them to adapt to other um, climates, then they come across problems. And then we obviously do what we do. And I'm not going down those. Basically, we've had decades of selective breeding from the human side where they try to make them cope. So I should say we shouldn't medicate them, but it goes on. And that's as far as I go with that. So let's look at some species, yeah, that we could domesticate that we know of. That is actually openly spoke about within educational systems because i don't want to go i want to i also want to i've I've gone into the educational system to see what is actually told to our children and our young adults yeah so obviously there's the american bison i mean that did used to be eaten oh yes oh yes Yes. in copious amounts big quantities absolutely exactly yeah so that's that's still there on the plate so you've got the american bison you've also got what they used to um there's a large ant it's very strange actually and i found it ironic yes that within the um, educational system, within their uh, environmental sciences and studies, a lot of the animals that they actually uh, say that could be domesticated and eaten are in Africa. And yet there's a food problem out there. And it makes you wonder, and uh, this is where I want to pull back a bit, we've supplied food for decades, and yet if I went through something like um, cane rats, believe it or not, cane rats are like, then people think of a rat and they go, whoa. But these are like little fluffy things, yeah. And they're, they, you know, they're um, they're grass eaters. But cane rats, they're in eastern parts of Africa, and they are eaten already by some. You've got some giant snails. We eat snails in parts of the world, don't we? And some, yes, if, mostly if somebody, France. Yeah, no. <laughs> but these giant snails, if you put your hand up, these are like the size of your hand, the palm. Yeah, I've these seen, things I've are seen big. large ones, yeah. Yeah, these are big. They're in Africa too. 
So if we went down to another, let's say, shall we call it poultry? Would you call an ostrich poultry? Well, it is a bird, so I would bird, I would it? go so far as to saying, yeah. And if, if and you, have big. you ever had it, they are massive. Yes, have you? Yeah, and they're mean. They are mean. <laughs> yeah, have you ever? Attitude. Yeah, have you ever had an ostrich egg? It is like a giant chicken egg, massive. but you need a hacksaw yeah, to get through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I haven't had an ostrich egg, but I've had ostrich meat. Oh, I've had but, both. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, but ostrich is a common bird in Africa, and it's a big one, right? Also, you've got what you call large antelopes, basically, in eastern southern Africa. It, they're called elands, common eland, right? And, or eland, E-L-A-N-D. Now, these things, right, the female can grow up to 600 kilos, and the male can grow up to over 900 kilos. These are big beasties. My political point, if I'm ever going to make one, would say, you preach these are domestic, these creatures could be domesticated and used... Why haven't we? No, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. But this is what's talked about within the educational system for young adults. And and it, and it's there. But, I mean, that is only a handful. And there are many, many more out there. It's only... You've got to wonder why that if we find... In, in the Western world, it is, it's going to be a specific amount and a, a specific few because we have only got that few and these animals live in their own society they're indigenous to where they live but there's loads of it in africa there are loads of them in africa you've got the bison in america and there's with other countries around the world there are several of these creatures which can feed the populations if it's done correctly um food wise you've also got now this is something i found very interesting yeah because we've talked about GMO and we've said our bits about it. And we've talked about nations that actually are trying, I wouldn't say forcing, but uh, in a trade agreement, so that things are going one way. But do you know there's a perennial variety of maize in Mexico? Now, perennial for those people means that it grows year in, year out, right? It doesn't need, you don't need to buy seeds for it. It grows. It's perennial. So it will grow endlessly through the same crop soil. But it reduces the need for plowing because it's perennial. Therefore, it reduces the risk of soil erosion. And this is what perennial crops mean. So you've got this in existence in countries. This is naturally available and growing. And yet, why isn't there even more and more of it? Well, I I think I would... (laughs) <laughs> you got to avoid that political point. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm going to try here, but I, I don't think that I can it's, because it's, it's that's not. What it comes yeah, down exactly. To, is that exactly. is, is you've got interference by by politics that get involved in the agricultural business, and they say, well, we can do all this, and we can turn this into uh, a giant production thing, and then then we run into a problem like we have now, which is we've essentially because of this overuse of artificial fertilizers we've essentially we've farmed our, Herbicides, our natural yeah, soils yeah. to it to exhaustion mm. yeah i know and this is and you go down these lines and you you like to so, so the, these things are being taught if you want to go into this uh, so we've got all these young adults out here learning these things have you ever heard of the land institute yes i have i it's, i yeah. can't think i but I, I swear i've heard you or bruce mention that before and it, it, it basically, it's based in Kansas, and it was founded in the 70s, and it was based as a non-profit research organization. Now, out in Russia, Afghanistan, and Turkey, they, they managed to find what they called Kernza, 
and that is another perennial it's a cereal crop yeah and they actually managed wanted to see how you could grow it and whatever and it is perennial therefore this this crop is like a wheat substitute i was gonna say it's a grain yeah yeah it's a grain and the thing is the only reason i can see why it isn't grown abundantly is because it only grows like the third size of a crop as wheat does usable wheat but it's a perennial so once again it's going to your soil's not going to need plowing so much it's going to and you're not going to need somebody to supply seeds for you and yet this is a massive crop and it, it, it it's amazing so you've got two crops there which is naturally supplied by nature which is really non-destructive and good for farming and yet we hold ourselves back and we know well it's very annoying very very annoying very annoying so those are the things that nature's given us yeah so they've given us good food a couple of good food crops if i can find two there's going to be several more you can guarantee it if you can find a few animals out there which are in abundance that are uh, are available you can just uh, i mean people could find out an endless list of them nature has in abundance everything that's needed and our farming has got to go back those ways it does because this this big agra this this industrialized farming this is this has got to stop you know this this big whatever it is that they've done you know this idea i was actually i was watching something and again i'm not trying to be political here but i was watching um you, you've mentioned be. i'm trying not to be Jeremy Clarkson, right? You you mentioned him a couple of times here. We played a clip of him a few weeks back. He did his little, yeah. He, he left the um he he left the carb thing or whatever it is, and he started his own farm. And he's got a TV show uh, called Clarkson's Farm, and he tries to do everything as in like organic, you know, the the natural way yeah. of doing things. That's what he tries to do, and he does a pretty good job at it, considering he's not an actual farmer, but he's become one. Um, <laughs> at least from what considering I'm considering, he's uh, he's yeah. come from a lazy public school boy yes. to actually get yeah, yes no, to do that. That's, no, credit. good on him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, good on him. But he was making a point. Uh, Bruce and I were going over one of his um, uh, his clips. I'll have to see if I can find it because it's really relevant to all of this. But he was talking about how it costs more for him to raise the the cattle naturally, as in yeah. grass fed, take it through the process, just just grass fed, not not feeding it uh, corn and, and things. By by the way, cattle don't eat corn. You know, we we just force feed like it to them. It. No, yeah, but grass-fed and then to slaughter to market to plate to table right mm -hmm. five miles down the road costs more than a steak to be shipped corn fed from australia to the uk shop plate table there's something yeah. wrong there oh, something seriously it's, it's, wrong there it's a massive telltale sign of saying yeah this is totally wrong this yeah. is all about subsidies this is all about control and yes, that is your political point, and it's an honest truth. Now, that's just to say there's everything in abundance out there, and we have we have gone down the wrong roads in many, many respects. But if you think, what have we learned from nature? If you take things as simple as, well, we said poultry, birds. What have we learned from birds? We've learned things about aircraft design in many ways from birds, haven't we? I mean, you go down, the, you go down those lines, yeah, especially about... Um, wingtip design, tail fins design, everything. We have learned so much from birds. And it's also, just by seeing them, it energized our imagination to want to fly. And that's the sort of thing that it's that simple creature's given us. If you take another little creature out there, the gecko. 
Now, the gecko is an amazing little monkey because it can run up just about everywhere. The pads on its little spread-like finger-like toes and everything have this adhesive effect. And we have learned so much from that as well. Seeds. Now, not just for planting, but how do you think we came up with something like Velcro? Velcro. The space, uh, the space race. No, it wasn't the, uh, just the space race, but where did the idea come from? That I don't know, but I know it was that basically, it was, it was, it was the basically thing, if you right? went past certain plants and seeds, they latched onto you, didn't you? The little yeah. burrs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And they looked at that and they wondered, wow, this has just got the actual makeup of it had such an um, adhering effect. It just caught on to you and everything. And from there, they came up with the ideas and we headed towards Velcro and I think, but it's a, you know, it's one of those simple things. You've got, obviously, you've got things like, um, if I went along and said the lotus flower, somebody might go, oh, yeah, now what are we going to go into talking about? But the lotus flower's got such a water-repellent ability, and we've learned from that. I'm only going to pick uh, one or two things out of the different sides of life, and I'm picking on things that are saying, well, what would you learn from that sort of plant? But you get this. You, we, we've copied this into something, what they call... Because of the water repellent effect, they've looked into the science and the structures of these this plant. And you know, like you've got your um, what they call a self-cleaning glass and stuff like this is where they got the ideas from. So it can repel water and stuff. It's it's amazing some of the science that has been built up on simple things in nature. Um, sharks. If you mention sharks to people and kids, they think of some great big nasty thing with a load of teeth that can go around and swallow everything and bite everything, and they don't look on them too kindly, do they? No, not really, and they try to hype it up as much as humanly possible to scare the hell out of people when they go on holiday. But I tell you what, within the sea, these things can move fast, and their scales, as you put it, reduce the friction so greatly that we've we've learned to have a look at the ridges and we've actually copied them into aircraft design as well and ships also as a side effect once they started to look into these scales and ridges and they looked on it microscopically they realized that even bacteria and stuff cannot latch onto it easily so they started to incorporate it into like surgical suite design for some of their uh, coverings and i mean that's your shark you know the, the thing that nobody likes. And one of the biggest things within structures within the Western world is termite mounds. Because it because the termites live in a, a very hot climate, and they, you see these massive mounds above the ground and stuff, they've worked out the convection and the flows of airs and how the hot air goes across and draws the bad air out of the mounds and keeps the flow within them and... The lower parts of of the actual nest and everything stays at a set temperature, which is good for the young'uns and everything else. And this is an insect. And out of that, they learned how to use these ideas and they've learned from them to incorporate these into some of your big tower blocks, some of your big office blocks within your, um, uh, you know, your big shopping malls to cut down on your, the, the you know, your air conditioning that so they can work out your airflow routines. They learned that from insects. It's out there and we work together. You know, we watch something, we see it, we learn from it. At the moment, mankind is projecting too much. It's forgotten how to stand back and watch. And one of my favorites is the humpback whale. That's that whale that's got yeah, yeah. those what, what, you, what, what, what looks like you've got um, 
cirrhosis on its fins. You know, it's got those lumps and stuff like that. Yeah, those gross barnacles. But, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, they are actual proper tubular growths. And do you know what they allow them to be? They allow them to do tighter turns. It is, well, I thought you were talking is, about the uh, the barnacles that attach themselves to them. No, or if you uh, look if, if if you look on those growths, yeah, hmm. and you look into them, they've got like. Um, a, a, a tubular design within them oh, and yes, they yes, actually yes, yes. on the yep. flippers they people call them ugly lumps or whatever you want they're called tubercles is the actual proper name for them you can call them bumps you can call them whatever you want and they actually channel the water yeah so they make them hydrodynamically efficient and the thing is what we've done is within our world we've used ideas on rudders to make sure ships can actually turn with this tubular effect and we've we've actually so you can get tighter circles it's because the whales have naturally grown these things so they can get a tighter circle because they're a big creature on shoals or whatever they want to circle around and stuff it's 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 an amazing thing apart from rudder design so it's turning they've actually also applied them to things like um blades so they call they they call it aero generators so the actual blades can turn at lower air pressure it's and we have managed to look at these creatures wonder or some have and then get some really good science out of it which has helped further us within our own societies yes somebody's looked at it and gone that's amazing and then it's gone on to someone else and someone else has had ideas. And then obviously there's money incorporated and so, many, and so forth and so forth. And eventually you've got this product that comes out. But this is just by looking at nature. If, if you let nature be, you can learn so much from it. And obviously we've got so many plants that are, have... We have been around for a long time and there's so many plants with medicinal values. Yeah. Otherwise we would not still be here we have learned from them one plant in particular it's an interesting point to bring up here to to that uh one plant in particular you're familiar with black currant yes the uh yes the the berry extremely extremely high source of natural vitamin c yeah yeah raspberries are good yes yes well black currant specifically go on you know that it's illegal in the united states what is black currant why it was classified as a noxious weed by the United States Department of Agriculture in the 1970s. And so therefore, it has to be destroyed. A noxious weed? Yes. So we go down canal paths, we go down yes. normal bicycle it's everywhere routes. everywhere over here. Yep. They, they make juices out of it and, and people grow it in their back gardens. And I've got, so I've got some red currant and some black currant growing back here. <laughs> they're, they're good. They That's make great cakes. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's, that and is just madness. I, I'm like, black currant, because uh, I couldn't find it when I was in the US. I'm like, why can't I find this? And I found out it was illegal. That's amazing. It's ridiculous. Just, well, yeah, well, you know, sorry. I am not going to say a what. I, again, I'm not even going to ask. I'm trying, you. I'm trying not to do the political thing, but that's a, that's a fascinating <laughs> point to bring up because when you tell some, yeah. when, usually when you tell, when I try to tell some American, hey, you need to try and get your hands on some black currant, they'll say, uh, "What's that?" And then you, yeah, what you know, is it? Yeah, it's something really nice. Come over to England, just walk down a path and help yourself. Bring some yeah. kids with you; they'll bring them home. No, it, yeah, yeah, it's prickly, but there's loads of the damn stuff. I don't think, and it's so much you. of it. It doesn't it's all so get good picked. For you. Yeah, it, oh, yeah, it's so good for you. It's it's so it like it's a it's a natural, very high source of vitamin C, and they just they don't want people to have it. Yeah. Somebody doesn't, which makes it a political point of view, and then you got to wonder why. That goes for all the medicinal ideas. We 
didn't always have companies or the ability to try and copy nature, you could say, because that's what it is. If man makes something chemically, he copies what he's found in nature or she or whatever. I should just say some he. things are. Yeah, some things are actually beneficial. Like we can oh, we can do we can do synthetic vitamin supplements these days. And and they are amazing. D3, for example, we can synthetically put that together. That is sunshine in a capsule is what that is. Uh, and it's it's great. Oh, I mean, they, they synthetically make aspirin now. They do. Yeah. used to. Yeah. yeah. There was so so many different ways of getting stuff, but they've got their ideas once again from nature to see how it works. The only nice thing about nature is that generally, if you have a medicinal supplement from nature, it will have a curative effect. Well, that. that's that's your problem right there. Is yeah that, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very hard. It's very hard. Right. If somebody goes, well, where would you get aspirin from? Um, it's the bark of the willow tree, basically. It was the bark of the willow tree. You get, um, um, I mean, they found, if, if you go to the really nasty things like cancers, right, uh, there's um, there's another old tree called the yew tree, and that can be around for a long time. You can ex get extracts from that called taxol. That is actually used, and that has been used so much against cancers and stuff. And I'll tell you what, let's go into our creatures again. There's certain creatures out there which are called marsupials, aren't they? So yes. they have their young early and they bring them up in a pouch. Yeah. And because they have theirs early, early, we, by looking at the really early births, which is ours, we, we are more formed and everything before we come out, they can see possible discrepancies and whatever else by just actually watching these creatures. We, um, so let's go for, a, I'm trying to think of an, an amusing one now, hippos. Hippos, I love hippos. Amazing creatures they are. They're mean as hell, but oh, they are. Yeah, you want to you want to keep your distance, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, look at them. Yeah, they're not quite the Disney Disney hippo, but basically, what have we learned from them? They're wonderful because they're big. They like water, but they do come out of water. So basically, their skin secretes a. Um, they actually called it a hippo something acid. Uh, I think it's hipposodaric acid or something, which is a natural sunscreen, which we've actually learned from. But they also, it, it also, they, it actually secretes, it also is an antimicrobial thing. So they've, they've got this, just like the shark, you've got these, you've, you've got these um, double edged things, which are really good for us. So we get sunscreen because hippos love water, they, but they like to come out. So they've naturally secrete this substance and it, it's grown within nature over endless amount of years that yeah maybe the first ones got a bit toasted and then they didn't die off and if very slight genetic changes very slight genetic changes and nature works with very slight genetic changes a long period of time i get that i i get the feeling at the moment that man's rushing man's running at mag 3 in to a brick wall if he's not careful and it's not it's not clever we've got that is the one thing we've got to learn from nature everything takes time and if you take the natural route you will discover some amazing things we've got to stop tinkering you know because that's what we're doing um here we go there is something really i found interesting yeah there's embryos of the purple sea urchin now this stuff is all taught in our education system in the uk embryos of the purple sea urchin now they they call it um, 
teratogenic, yeah, because basically um, it co- what they try to do is, let's get it out of the way first. It's not bad. It's embryos, yeah, but they produce, the female of this species produces millions. Yeah, it's a sea urchin. It produces millions, yeah. And because we do not, I mean, it, it, it's, it's because we're at the top of the food chain and we shouldn't practice on ourselves unnecessarily, these embryos, yeah, guess what they're supposed to be used for testing? Animals. No, these embryos are supposed to be used to test medicines on. This is the whole design of them. Oh, I thought you meant they were getting the embryos from the to, to test on the They animals. get the embryos from the sea urchin and they I got it. test medicines on it. And I went, really? That's interesting. I thought they did the same thing. I, I did. I do recall I read a paper. I want to say it was a couple of years ago. They do the same thing with starfish, I believe. Because they have the regenerative properties, you know, that that's why they use them. I wouldn't be surprised, but there's an endless amount of things in nature. But they use this because these sea urchins produce so many of them. So when it comes down to numbers and that, but I wouldn't I wouldn't like to say that I've actually seen over the last few years any clinical tests on urchin embryos from medicines. Have you? No, um, I'm still I've still got the heebie-jeebies about lettuce and spinach from the other day. Sorry, I should go away from. I'm that. serious. Uh, I was I was at the shop today, and I'm like, do I really want to get I? that? Do I really want to get that lettuce? I, yeah. do I really want to get. That? I I don't know if yeah, I want uh, that. Yeah, I know. Should I? Shouldn't I? I'm giving it itch. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna go home, grow my own. Right. Buy the seeds from Bill. I'm sure he'd be happy yeah, to sell them yeah. to you. <laughs> don't be so you had to say him didn't you but Sorry. anyway if i said dolphins or bats to you you'd talk about sonars yes. and basically they help a hell of a lot about ultrasounds within hospitals and stuff like that they've we've learned a lot from them in that respect mm-hmm. you know where would we be without ultrasound it'd be a lot harder wouldn't it although it'd be much harder yeah but it yeah, could be done yeah yeah it could be done because yeah we never used to have them yeah. My my grandmother was a nurse, and she could tell by going up to a, a, a lady who was pregnant and depending how and where, and she'd feel, and, she'd, and not once did she get it wrong, what the sex of the child was and whether it's okay and whatever, and you're giving it, whoa, you know, amazing. But Just so you know, I'm trying really hard because of politics. I'm trying really hard <laughs> not to be political right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's not good, is it? It's, it's not good. Our nervous system. Our nervous system is very small, very cute, and all things can manner, things can go wrong with it. And we have got loads of problems over the decades due to one reason or another, whether I won't want to go there. But the squid has its nervous system is much larger in size. So we can see and use that, you know, and work out how the system works. And we've learned a lot from it because it is literally studying it because it's so much larger in size. It's easier to study and we don't work on ourselves. And if you go, <laughs> I did discover this poor little creature called the armadillo. You know what an armadillo is, don't you, Johnny? Oh, yes, of course. Absolutely. Poor little, yeah, little armadillo. Do you know that it's, it's susceptible to leprosy? I didn't know that about the the little thing, but okay. It's susceptible to the, because leprosy is a bacterial disease. And because it is susceptible to it, we've learned so much from it, you know? And, but there's so, I mean, I've tried to go along off on tangents and these different things that you can get, but this is taught within the educational system. I have pulled out all these little things from the educational system. And this should be teaching that, I mean, our, our young adults 
and adults and academia should be keep the doors to knowledge open. It, it is they should try and be as minimally political as ever because there is so much to learn and there's so much to teach people to care. And this is this is the problem. I found I found it fascinating just finding the trail of these li- list of animals, these list of plants. Because there's an endless amount of list of plants that have medicinal uh, properties. You know what's what's uh, interesting is the stuff you you brought up. These are things that we used to do and we don't anymore. Yeah, well, this is it. No, some people still do. I mean, there's probably a small amount of people out there that actually still eat bison. Oh yeah, sure. Probably a smaller people out there that eat all these different creatures. But the availability of it out there in areas of the world where we're supposed to have a food shortage and starving people, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? How we can get it so wrong, you know, as as a people towards other people of our our own race and species. Um. And but um, I don't know. Without going too deep, <sighs> to tell people about the world that we need to care for, there is one thing that I do know: no species can live in ecological isolation because our, our survival, their survival, relies on other species. You know, by a range of resources, ecological services that work all the way and is inter- intertwined between us all. I get this feeling that. We believe we're on the top of this food chain and we've gone a bit space happy with the idea that we are the end all and be all. And we are walking a tightrope of harming what has helped us get here in the first place. And this is, this is, this is mental. It's mental. I, I mean, just looking into this. And it puts a smile on your face, basically, in many respects, of what what has is available to us. What is available to us and we don't use. I mean, there's so many countries, including my own in the UK, that don't produce what it used to produce. You know, it, within the f- farming culture, I feel that we're getting so self-destructive. It's pretty scary. I mean, not from a political point of view, but that's what I feel because I don't feel that's not a political point of view. I feel like we are getting self-destructive, and not to the point, not because of wars and everything else. It's just the whole calamity. We have forgot. When you forget your beginnings, when you forget your history, when you forget to care, this, yes, sounds political, but this is about the earth. This is about our world. This is about where we live. This is our home, our house, our everything. And in each bedroom, there's somebody else, whether it's whatever, but we're all related. We're all there. We're all in this thing together. And, um, just look look out there it'd be interesting it'd be interesting i only came up with a few and i like i said previously i want to use what i want to find what the young adults are being taught i want to find what's being put out in front of them and this sort of stuff is being put out in front of them and it can go deeper it goes into the makeup of the atmosphere it goes into how all these different processes work and how one cannot um survive or not be changed by you know over exuberance from one side or the other in some respects it is a delicate balance but the biosphere is very robust but there's only one creature on this planet that can cause it to go in a massive pendulum swing and that is us you know so we well, have to get there it has been a great conversation we're actually over on we're actually yeah we're actually over on time <laughs> i'm sorry mate so much for a short one yeah we've actually we've got almost the full time on this one well well it, i haven't put much out there I just tried to. Oh, I know. No, I know. I know. I understand. But 
but yeah it's just uh, you know that's the yeah that's the whole point of a short when i say short i'm like okay yeah it's oh yeah sorry easy. apologies it's fine it's fine you had to get one apology in there i guess i had to give you a reason to give it apology well yeah no no it's heartfelt it is it's made me um think it's made me just have a look people it, mm -hmm. it's a wonderful place you live in we will see you later on in the week yes mm -hmm. actually it will be well yeah later on in the week for our subscribe yeah for our subscribers and it'll be the first part of next week for those who are not subscribed yet we will go ahead and call this one done it's been a great conversation my friend thank you for being here today thank you to all of the listeners god bless everyone have a great evening Good night.